Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis and Captain Keith. He is in the studio with me. Today for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. And uh, it's nice to have you along there, Keith. We, yeah. we, we need your expertise. Well, to I'm bring... not sure I have any of that. But... Well, you, okay. Uh, you, but you, have, but you, brought, here. you brought stories for us to navigate through to and uh, educate our passengers accordingly. And what I love about the story you brought to the table today to kick off the show, it involves drones, which means that my influence is starting to rub off on you. Well, that's a sad thought. Yes. <clears throat> but maybe there maybe is no is. cure, just like the coronavirus. Yes. By the way. Yes. So, maybe an ointment. It's going I to uh, infect us all. Yeah. All right, so this or at drone least 70% of us. Okay. Right. So this uh this drone story Yes. Uh, is in your old uh, stomping grounds of Michigan, right? You you uh, worked there for a while, didn't you? Uh, did not work there, but I was born there. Oh, okay. Well, that counts. And I guess that's work. Well, it was evidently a guy was flying his drone in a park in Michigan. Yes. Are you familiar with this place where he was, by the way, or no? No. no. Okay. And and what happened? I'll let you take it from there. So he, he was arrested for flying his drone hmm. because the the city there had had put a, a, an ordinance that said that they couldn't do it. So they confiscated his drone and arrested him and some of his other possessions, I guess. Uh huh. And but the beauty of it is, yeah, is that the judge sided with the pilot, with the drone pilot, and yes. said that uh, he, he, what the city can't they, find him or confiscate his stuff. Is correct. that what happened? They were not allowed to make an. I don't remember exactly how it was written, uh, but they were not allowed to make an ordinance um, that restricted flying stuff. Hmm. Well, that is uh, good news for the drone owner. Yes. Uh, I don't know if it's good for general aviation. This could be a big, big problem, you think? Actually, I think it reinforces uh, what we've been actually asking for all along, is that the FAA be the sole arbitrator of what the air, national airspace system is yeah. and the rules that apply to it. If you have all of these little individual jurisdictions trying to write rules, it makes it impossible. You know, We ran into an issue a couple of years ago here in Minneapolis where a pilot was arrested by the local police department for violating a ban on using a local lake because he happened to land his float plane during the Ryder Cup. There's no prohibition on being able to use that lake for navigation. The city just puts up an ordinance and all of a sudden the pilot's supposed to be aware of it. We need to have the FAA systems of NOTAMs and TFRs and stuff in place so that the information gets communicated. So, if, you know, I think it's a great ruling for once uh, our judicial system actually used its head and did the right thing. Well, is that what the judge said then? He said that this is a national uh, or FAA should be the ones clamping down on this. This local ordinance doesn't apply, so this guy's off the hook? Well, I don't think that he actually uh, stated that, but he just said that the city, the local ordinances, uh, weren't allowed to make those types of of uh, rulings. Got it. Okay, so that I mean that may be correct then. Which kind of in in a indirect way states the fact that it's up to the FAA. Right. 
So it was a well, the, park too. So you you kind of wonder like, okay, what was the restriction for the drone? You think it was a noise ordinance, or they didn't like people flying drones in the uh, park because you know they could fly over a subdivision or something like that? It doesn't sound like it was an airspace issue. Uh, it certainly wasn't an airspace issue. Be otherwise, the judge wouldn't let him go. Right. Right. He would. He would have to uphold that. But um, it it was a civil issue and not a uh, federal or FAA issue. Mm. So he so, got his stuff back. Yes. Supposedly. And, and his drone. And his drone. Well, yeah. Whatever. I don't know. What else would they take? Oh, the, the article that I read just said they took his other possessions. It, it didn't state what that was. Right. Did he ever ever say what he was doing with his drone in the park, just playing around with it? Or we don't I know. don't remember the Does story. Does it matter? No, I mean, it really doesn't matter. Uh, it would matter to me. <clears throat> I mean, if, you, if you're flying your drone and you're using it to kind of like spy on somebody. Or uh, look around at places that maybe you're not. But there's rules already for that. Peeping Tom laws and things like that that already apply. I mean, how would it be, you know, flying your drone and hang, you know, and taking pictures in a park? Mm -hmm. Is that any different than taking pictures with your camera, uh, you know, from the ground or maybe from an observation tower or something? It probably shouldn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And And they probably wouldn't have gotten in any trouble if you would have been flying a kite with a camera hanging from it. So, you know, somebody just said, oh, drone, and we don't want that here. We, We have a rule. But in the end, the judge said that the uh, the park rangers did not that they lacked the authority to make such an arrest or to enforce any drone ordinances. Mm. So yeah, it does kind of sound like a Barney Five kind of thing. Well, let me tell you, you can't fly that drone here. It doesn't sound like him, does it? I'm I sorry, I don't know. I, <laughs> we're all too young for that, Greg. Well, true. And Keith doesn't watch TV, so I don't even know who he is, probably. Do you? I, I do not know who Barney Fife is. Oh, my gosh. Guy lives under a rock. Anyway, he's a great uh, instructor, flight instructor. So, I, I don't know. How do you, do you feel this? You feel this is a good thing, though, that it ruled the way it did. Is that right, Keith? I, I think it is, yes. Because on the yeah. surface, when I saw the headline, I'm like, ooh, this isn't good. If all the drone operators start challenging the FAA, but this really isn't what that was. No, it wasn't. And, you know, they you really can't challenge the FAA much. You know, they're, they're kind of impervious to that. That's yeah. kind of one of those you can't sue the government things, right? Well, I guess Which that's Which is true, why yeah. the FAA likes to run haywire and a lot of things because there's not a lot of oversight with them. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Okay. You know, I know a gentleman right now who's going through a, the FAA has pulled his medical and they said, sue us. We don't care. Really? Because they've, they know that you have no chance. There's no chance of of winning it. You Can know, you give us pulling. any more details on what happened with him? I mean, is it just a medical? Let's say there's Mister X and he has an issue, right? Yes. yes. And so, why did they pull his medical? Well, initially they pulled it for sleep apnea. Okay. Right, because they're going after anybody. Uh, I think that right now it's uh, if you have a 17 inch neck or greater, or if you have a. Um, uh, what do they call it? A, a body fat, um, a percentage, yeah, body, body fat, mass index, body mass index of thirty percent or greater. Mm-hmm. Uh, you automatically have to go for a sleep test, right? And so he does. Okay. However, he took a sleep test and he passed it. He does not have sleep apnea. Yeah. And so then he sent it to the FAA, and they said, "No, we think you have sleep apnea." But here's my test. But here's my test from the specialist that you sent me to, and he says no. Yeah, well, we don't agree. So they he wow. went to another sleep apnea tester, 
and came out with the exact same result. So now he has two tests he submitted to the FAA, and they're still saying, sorry, we, we don't buy it? Yes, that's what they're saying. They're saying because they believe that anybody who's his size has sleep apnea. Hmm. They're just kind of, it's kind of a generalization. Right. Which you can't do, right? No, you're not supposed to, at least. So his specialist uh, wrote a letter to them, and of course, he was not all that friendly with his words, uh, as you can imagine, because he's a specialist in this particular area, Mm -hmm. and they are disregarding what he's saying. So you got a, a couple of guys who are maybe doctors, maybe not, that sit on the medical board and make decisions. And they're not taking the word of the specialist. They're basically telling him that he doesn't know what he's doing. Wow. Right? I mean, if, if they're going against what his test results say, they're basically telling him, and without saying it, that you have no idea what you're doing. And so he didn't take too kindly to that. I would imagine that wouldn't go over quite well with the specialist. Yeah. Right. So then they got a congressman involved. And so they said, okay, fine. We're not going to deny your medical for this. We're going to deny your medical for something else. Really? Yeah. So there now it's gotten to just kind of a pissing contest. Yes. And uh and, and what what's the new one they're trying to say now? Well, the new one is a creatine level in his kidneys. And What? It's been it's I think a, a normal adult male would have a creatine level of 1. Okay. And this guy's is 2.3. But it's been 2.3 ever since he's been initially tested for it. Uh, as a young guy going into the Air Force. Yeah. And it's been the exact same all the way through his life. It's well, never what, changed. If you have elevated creatine, is that what you said, creatine? Yeah. What does that do? I have no idea. It just sprouts more like you're, chest you're more hair. inclined to kidney stones or yeah. something like that, and that's what they're afraid of? <laughs> I, I have no idea mm. what it is, but uh, he's got kidney specialists that say that this is just his norm, that okay. not everybody is under the same, you know, and so right. they're saying... We don't care. It's too high. You don't meet the standard. No medical. See, I wouldn't want to be. Uh, yeah. And they said, sue us. You can do anything you want. You'll never get a medical. Wow. Well, that doesn't come off very, you know, being very cooperative. No. Uh, you know, uh, it sounds to me like the Congress congressman uh, approach might be the way to go. Put some uh, PR pressure on them. You know what I mean? Well, Call they don't out. care. Well, they may not care, but if they get enough enough heat from, you know, the general public and say, hey, this is unfair, you're fat shaming this guy and making fun of his kidneys. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not sure what, what the second part of that is. But anyway, there you go. Hopefully he'll work it out. We got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. About this time, someone is telling you to get on the plane. Get on the plane, get on the plane. I say, <laughs> you, I'm getting in the plane. In the plane. Let evil Knievel get on the plane. I'll be in here with you folks in uniform. I be fly, yeah, I be fly, shout it. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Keith and Dennis rounding out the crew today as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right, so we've been talking about the state of the aviation industry quite a bit here on Just Plane Radio. It affects everybody, whether you're a professional or would-be, you know, pilot like myself. Uh, because, you know, whether you're a passenger, a customer, or, you know, in the industry, these stories affect us in various ways. So that brings us to this next story. Now, Dennis, you got the press. This was a press release or a letter that is was distributed to the world or what? Yeah, it was. A, there's a letter that went out. Uh, basically, United Airlines is going to be transitioning the their United Express flights that were being handled by Transstates Airlines to ExpressJet Airlines which basically means there's going to be no additional business then for Transstates. And so Transstates is looking to wind down their operations by the end of this year. Okay. So, you know, we don't have a, a, a pilot shortage yet. It seems like we have a pilot shortage because airlines are not meeting the obligations that they have to be able to fly. So the major carriers are pulling flights and routes and redistributing them to carriers that can, you know, have enough pilots to meet their obligations, et cetera. And so this is the first casualty or shakeup or however we want to put it within the regional industry right now. Okay. So Trans States is one of the airlines or 
the or the one that United uses now. Is that right? It's one of them, yeah. One of several, okay. And so they put out this press release saying that, hey, uh, we're not getting enough business, so we're going to shut down. Is that what happened? Yeah, that's what Transdays put out, yes. Okay. And basically what's happening is uh, you have one gentleman that owns three certificates. He owns Transdates, he owns GoJet, and he owns Compass. Okay. And all three of those certificates – like everyone else is having difficulty getting uh, pilots. And so I think what Transstates is doing is they're simply just going to uh, merge together, get rid of one certificate, mm-hmm. instead of three airlines competing against each other, let's just use two and see what happens there. Okay. So the, he's consolidating his regional jet capacity. Right. And, and is United going with one of the other ones that he, he runs? Or no? No, they're good. They're going to a different carrier. So why did they switch? What was their gripe? Do we know? I that I don't know. That I don't. Know. I think a lot of it had to do with Transstates is exclusively flying the CRJ or the the Embraer one forty five, which is a fifty seat regional jet. Mm-hmm. And uh, United just recently announced that uh, they've they've got a new regional jet that they are, they've introduced to the GoJet fleet, which is the ER uh, the CRJ five fifty from Bombardier. And basically what that is, is a, uh, a CRJ 700 that they took and put only 50 seats into it. So it meets some contract requirements. And now United has a 50 seat airliner that can offer first class, a premium, uh, uh, economy and a regular economy service and still meet their contract rules for a 50 seater. So for United, they can charge more for the same flights and, uh, offer it on a new airplane. So I think that's one of the reasons why they're looking to that. The old uh, 50 seat uh, Embraer just isn't as uh, you know economical, or it isn't as a bright future for them. Mm-hmm. Well, the 70, the 700 is not going to be economical either, though. Uh, I mean, you take 20 seats out of it. The only reason why they're doing that, well, there's two reasons why they're doing it. One is, as Dennis said, is for the contract uh, deals because you can't fly something more than 70 seats for um, for United. And the second one is with only 50 seats, you only need one flight attendant. So what mm. this means is that, yeah, they're going to have six seats in first class, but you're not going to have a flight attendant to serve you. So it's going to be a free-for-all. They're <laughs> going to put snacks up there, and you're just going to have to go get them yourself. And But you're yep. not going to get the alcohol. What? The flight attendant has to serve the alcohol. So you're only going to get a drink when the flight attendant has time to get to you after she's done serving all the rest of the people. You know, something's wrong here. I mean, with all the technology we have with drones and – you know, and, and all, you know, electric cars and flying vehicles. Why don't they just set up a kiosk in first class then? Like, for that matter, people make like Greg would take advantage of it. Oh, and hell yeah. Fist after fist. And- I mean, they're replacing all the McDonald's, uh, you know, uh, folks there with kiosks. They could do that in first class. Maybe that, see, I just solved the problem, didn't I? Or did well, I they are one? doing that to an extent. I mean, they, they have pictures of the inside of the cabin, and they have a little glass case that you can go up and pick up your own snacks from so you don't have to have the flight attendant you know, bringing it around to you. Well, but, there you go. But isn't, isn't the point of first class to be served? Oh, absolutely. Mm. And so that, that flight attendant will probably spend more time up in first class and leave the, uh, the coach people to uh, fend for themselves. No, well, true. because they can't. They've, they've got to they've – Take care of everybody. They can't just focus on the first class people. Well, you just set up a hologram. Why not? Yeah, you know, they're doing it in Vegas. I mean, Whitney Houston is going on tour. 
basically a hologram now. So maybe they can incorporate that technology into it as well. So the fact that it's not a physical person, as long as they're, you know, can still, you know, like if you press a button and and then it like looks like she serves you or or he for that matter. Yeah, I don't want to discriminate. Okay, so let's go back to our previous conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Do you really think, how long do you think before the FAA is going to even know what a hologram is? Well, they're going to be flying our plane before we know it. Because the computers, yeah, I used to think it was going to be auto from airplane up front, but now that all this technology has happened, I think they're just going to make a hologram up there up front. Maybe you start with the uh, flight attendant. Is that the proper terminology? Yes. Okay. And then uh, and then you work your way up to the captain. Because, as you know, we know that's where all this stuff is going. Eventually, so, yes. Yeah. I think but, the 737 MAX deal has uh, put a damper on how fast it's going to move that direction. Well, possibly. That's a whole different ball game for sure. Between that and the uh, Tesla issues lately. Yeah. Okay. There's that. But what about this? Uh, I mean, do you think this deal with trans states, I, when I saw this, I mean, you, from a business standpoint, you'd never like to hear that an airline potentially is going out of business, but they're just kind of consolidating. So maybe it's not as bad as it looks. Is that fair? I think that's more what they're doing is consolidating mm-hmm. because now you've got, you know, two training departments instead of three training departments. Uh, yeah, and you have you know a lot less stuff that you've got to deal with. Uh, you don't have to deal with three union contracts. You only got two union contracts. All those different things that you've got, you consolidate them down to one, so you save a lot of cost. Okay, and uh, that would obviously mean that United ticket sales would would go down, be more efficient. So they pass the savings on to the passenger. Correct, Dennis? Never pass savings on to us. Uh, they'll just figure out a way to charge you more for it, and that's kind of part of the uh, the fun of uh, the new CRJ five fifties. Now they've got ten first class seats they can sell you, and an upgrade to economy plus too. So yeah, but there's no for, no flight attendant until they get the. Well, uh, they still have one. <laughs> they have one. They're going to have to have one person to show you the how to use the uh, emergency exit. Okay, I maybe you just got to move the hologram stuff up sooner. And my, why does why don't you make the hologram someone famous? Like a Whitney Houston, Prince, or Michael Jackson, just for entertainment purposes. Just make it you, Greg. Hey, you might be onto something there, or have you been drinking? I'm not sure. More coming up. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm gonna fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're gonna fly high without fear, you're gonna have to learn to love the atmosphere, and you gotta learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co pilot, that's me along with Captain Keith and Dennis rounding out the crew. All right, so, uh, yo, know, Dennis is in the Great White North while Keith and I are enjoying pretty good weather. Yes, in Orlando are. this week, you know, sometimes we get a cool day in the sixties or so, uh, but you, you know, usually it's like 70, 75. This is great. A great way. Basically what I'm saying, it's good to be us and sucks to be Dennis. Uh, but a lot of people are in his, uh, you know, are, are in the same boat. That's right. Or plane. Or What's what? their choice? It, it is by choice, but you can fly down here if you like, where we welcome you with, uh, open arms. We got plenty of FBOs for you to explore, like we talked about last week. Everglades City, go get yourself some stone crabs. But, uh, but you know, there there are places up there that are having issues. 
and they have an environmental, I don't know, uh, issue or connection to them. And that brings us to our next story. Is that right, Dennis? Well, right. Uh, you know, in the winter, a lot of us uh, pilots do try to make the best of a, a bad situation, I guess you could say. Right. And they're, one of the coolest things that I would love to be able to, to take off my bucket list is to land and take off the only FAA certified ice runway in the United States. Hmm. And that's the one in, at Alton Bay in New Hampshire on Lake Winnipesaukee. Well, unfortunately, due to global warming and a mild winter, there's not sufficient ice to support a ice runway. They can't get full-size vehicles out to be able to plow the runway to clear it up. And it's not strong enough to hold an airplane if one was to land on it. So hmm. unfortunately, plans are dashed this season for uh, for taking that off the bucket list and flying into an ice runway. Well, so, so you don't have the option to make it a water landing either, I guess. Well, not with the Mooney. <laughs> not with the Mooney. You know. Have you ever done anything like that, Keith? Have you done an ice landing? Not on purpose. <laughs> Not on purpose. Well, sometimes they tell you that the runway is clear, but it's really not. Yeah, and so but you I mean would, I don't have any desire to go land on an ice runway. It, it wouldn't seem like it'd be the ideal thing from a technical standpoint. Yes, you know, to mark it off the list is kind of like, hey, I did this. I, I get that, Dennis. Yeah. But um, snowy his, and snowy and slippery runways are not any fun. Dennis is just his evil Knievel coming out. I guess is that right? Much better than just going out to the local lake and doing a touch and go. Yeah, especially if you don't want to get wet. All right, more coming up. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Now go, fly, be free. Time for me to fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Keith and Dennis rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right. So uh, I don't know if they picked up this tip from Siri or Alexa, but the Air Force is jumping on board the, uh, I don't know, the app bandwagon when it comes to educating their potential pilots uh, appropriately. Is that right, Dennis? That's right. They just provided a million dollars in funding to three uh, Purdue aviation uh, science graduates to develop an app uh, to enhance what they call critical communication skills. And I think this is uh, universal across all of uh, general aviation or all aviation period. Uh, when you first get into that airplane for that first lesson and they hand you the microphone, to pretty much everyone I've seen just kind of clams up. They I'm don't know I'm what I'm to I'm say. I'm they're I'm afraid. It's pretty common, and, right, Keith? It, to choke on the on the mic the first couple times when you're doing that as a pilot in training if if they don't know what to do yeah yeah but if the instructor's doing their job it shouldn't be if if the instructor has uh, taught them properly they shouldn't have an issue correct but there's still yeah. that apprehension you know okay so what do I say you know I might, I find that with uh, with my students you know you'll tell them okay here's we need to request a clearance here's where we are we got the ATIS. 
And they're okay. So I need to say this, and then they click that mic, and the brain disconnects. Right. <laughs> so that's why this, we have it all written is, out for them. Yeah, it written out for them. But you know, people do have that phobia sometimes when you throw a microphone in front of them. I mean, I've done that with all my radio stuff over the years. And some people, you'll you'll throw a microphone in in front of them, and say, "Hey, just talk to me." But as soon as they see the mic or they realize they're quote unquote on the air, they panic and they they start freaking out and they. They, they start stuttering or whatever the case I, may I be. I noticed it more years ago when they used to have to hold the microphone. True. Nowadays, when it's just you press this button and you just start talking, it, we don't see it near as much. Right. But we have we have just fill-in-the-blank sheets where they can just fill in the blanks and then they read it off. Mm-hmm. And plus, we spend time with them with liveatc.net, too. Well, you have that. But now that might be become or it might become automated if this uh, Air Force app takes hold. Is that right, Dennis? That's right. Uh, the, the app looks to uh, be able to build, you know, it'll show you like your current airport. You can click on it and it gives you a menu of the different things that you could request, you know, like a ground taxi clearance, a takeoff, things like that. And it will give you the filled out information and play it back. And then you can actually talk into the microphone on your phone. It'll grade how you did. Um, and the whole idea is just get people familiar and comfortable with making those radio calls. Uh, I, I think it's a great, great way to kind of get over that initial apprehension with, uh, with students. And, you know, if this makes it a little bit easier, everybody seems to be happy with apps. And we've shown that, you know, you can learn foreign languages with like Duolingo where you can actually talk to it and the computer can, you know, see if it can understand you. And we'll apply that here to general aviation and you're, uh, Hopefully your clearances will be clearer. One of my tips for that type of stuff, especially when I'm interviewing people for the radio and they're, they're not comfortable being on the air, I'll say, just remember, the microphone is your friend. And if you think of it as a, a positive mentally, it'll, it'll kind of loosen them up a little bit. Now, that didn't help when I did it. You know, I, I don't have a problem talking on a microphone. Did you figure that much out, Keith? Well, you did when you first got in the airplane. Well, I didn't, no, I had no problem talking on the mic. It was just what I, I said came out as gibberish. Yes. <laughs> well, just like this show. Yeah. Well, true. Yeah. If you don't have any fear of making a fool of yourself, you won't have any kind of uh, apprehension of being on mic, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. I, I just have issues with, with an app that would do something like this because there's it, it can't take into the human factors what involved in of it. course it can have you not been listening to siri lately uh, when you go hey hey siri she'll go huh i mean i mean they're very responsive now they just gotta you know uh incorporate i should that send you some of- texters with siri yeah oh yeah i know you can get very creative for sure yes but if they incorporate that technology into the app i mean it would almost sound like you're talking to someone or if you say something wrong, like "Hey, get the you know get the goo out of your mouth," you sound like an idiot. You know, yeah, it, it says "get the poo out of your mouth." Okay, it could say that. Yeah. Or the but you know. the other issue is controllers don't always use proper phraseology as well, right? And so that is very confusing for a lot of pilots. And so the app's not going to fix that issue as either. And so, um, I mean, we have a lot of issues. With controllers, I mean, if you look at uh, if you go to the Air, uh, AOPA Safety Foundation mm-hmm. and you look at the um, that girl that uh, had the accident in Houston uh, in, in the Cirrus SR22 where she was given three different runways. Uh, this is back in 2016 or 17, I think it was. Yeah, and there was improper phraseology there by the controller. He said, "Turn left, heading 30 degrees." Right. 
So the pilot took that as turn left to a heading of zero three zero degrees or thirty degrees. Mm. When all he wanted her to do was turn left thirty degrees. Got it. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's improper phraseology on both sides that we need to to look at. Well, and, ATC and needs can't. an app too for their uh, well, trainees. Well, that would that would be all right, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I don't think that you can take all of the human factors out of the uh, deal when you're dealing with just with an app. I think it'd be pretty impressive because if if you incorporated like Siri or Alexa into it, you know, now you know Siri or Alexa can have accents or you can say, Hey, I would like to talk to a, a Bahamian version of Siri. You know what I'm saying, Dennis? And then, you know, yeah. The, on. yeah. And, and then you get used to dealing with some of the local dialect. If you're flying, you know, through the Bahamas or something like that, because that's a big issue. I, I know, you know, when I'm flying uh, with someone and I'm listening in, it is really hard to pick up on some of the dialects. You know, even once you get through the initial hurdle of just understanding everybody in the States. Right. You know. Yeah. And it a lot of it has to do with knowing exactly what they're going to say or what you're expecting them to say. Right. And but then how they say it, too, could play a factor. But, right. yeah, if they have the formatics right, uh, you know, the other parts. I mean, I, I could see an app coming in pretty handy. Is this uh, Air Force app already in uh, in the works or they've just contracted to have it created? Is that what's going no, on? It's already in the works and it's starting to trickle down to GA. So um, mm-hmm. you just go out to the app store and uh, and search for it. Uh, you should be. It, I think it's called AF Works. Is the um, is the app? Okay. All right, and, and we don't know what uh, what the ATC person sounds like. We may have to go listen for ourselves. We may have to listen and and put that in a, a future episode. Well, maybe uh, I could uh, volunteer to be their ATC voice for them. I just record a bunch of stuff like Siri did. And, you know, it takes, like, what, five years to record all that garbage? Yeah, but we need somebody who knows what they're talking about. No, I, it's just a script. I just have to be able to read. And I can read, you know, a good 70% of probably what they write. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I, yeah, it could be uh, the Siri of the uh, of the skies. How about that? Wow. I have to hear you in my head when I'm in an airplane. I mean, they, I've been told I have a kind of a girly type voice. Anyway, uh, sometimes those voices come out my mouth, and I'm like, what did I just say? Anyway, okay. <laughs> okay, sometimes so. you just crack yourself up. Well, I don't know about that. It's more of a it's more borderline stroke type stuff. <laughs> we have another story here that we've been uh, holding off on uh, covering, and I think now's the time to kind of present it. It talks about incursions. This is from the FAA. And, uh, you know, it's not like their tip of the month, but I don't know. It kind of falls in that category, does it not, Dennis? It is. It's it's just one of their uh, hot buttons right now is, is wrong service landings. And so they've, they've gone ahead and sent out a notification to pilots and instructors just to remember the best practices when interacting with students um, and your peers when it comes to uh, wrong surfaces at the airports. And they were offering a lot of tips on on ways that we can avoid landing on the wrong runway, landing on the the taxiway instead of the runway. And they're encouraging pilots to, you know, look at the chart supplements and airport diagrams, you know, go into ForeFlight. We've got the 3D preview and uh, things like that that you can use to become familiar so that you're not just blasting off to an airport and really have no idea how it is, how it sits geographically. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get lined up for the first runway and it turns out that's the wrong one. 
things like that. So be familiar with what the, uh, and you know, what you expect the airport to look like. Basically look at the, the airman certification tasks, you know, private pilot ACS cross country flight planning has a ton of tips in there uh, on what to look for. They want you to share techniques and on how to look at correct runway line alignment, like the use of the compass headings and things like that when you're heading into an airport. Visualize it and uh, then make it make it so, uh, I guess. They're, they're, it's just a friendly reminder kind of tip, you think? Yep. Okay, we'll go with that. We got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. So I get off the plane and I forgot to undo my seatbelt and I'm pulling the plane through the terminal. And the wings are knocking people over. And then I almost broke both my arms trying to hold open a revolving door for a woman. Take these broken wings and learn to fly again. Learn to live so free. Take these broken wings. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Keith and Dennis rounding out the crew. All right, so we are based in Orlando, Florida. So the weather is pretty decent right now. But even, you know, we have to deal with icing conditions, especially if you're flying north 
uh, and the weather can change day to day and we can get a little cool down here in the 60s or but when you get into altitude you, you have icing conditions sometimes even here is that right keith yes how high do you got to get up before it becomes an issue at this time of year you figure um sometimes it can come down as low as about eight thousand feet really yeah. okay well that's that's pretty low and you and, just have to kind of figure that into your flight plan if the weather is uh, a little on the cool side that day or what. Right. All right. So if it's clear out, you don't have to worry about it. But if there's visible moisture, that's the FAA's definition of icing conditions, which is visible moisture. Uh, so if you're going to be flying through clouds and you're at that, then you really need to be concerned about it. And what what do you have to do if you encounter that in the in the air? You wouldn't know until you're up there, I guess, well, wouldn't you? Well, if you look at your forecast, if you do your proper flight planning, right. then you would know it. They'll be able uh, to know? Yes. However, if you're flying an airplane that doesn't have any icing capability, right. you got to get out of it. Got to get a hell out of Dodge. And so, basically, you just uh, you know, fly lower, right? Lower or higher, depending if it's a temper- temperature inversion, mm. then you might have to climb. But most of the time, you're going to descend. Yeah. Uh, temperature inversions, th- that's not that common, is it? Sure it is. It is? Yeah. Have you encountered that, Dennis? An inversion? I've encountered icing, and but unfortunately up here, it's a lot more common uh, and a lot lower to the ground. But yeah, it, it certainly can happen where you have warmer airs aloft that are actually melting um, the snow or, or where it would have been ice farther down and wouldn't have been a problem. You get up higher, you get a little bit warmer air and now all of a sudden the snow sticking to the airplane or the, mm. or actually creating ice that sticks instead of just bouncing off the wing. Well, we don't want any of that while we're flying, but you encountered, uh, some of that last year for sun and fun when you flew, was it on the way down or the way back up? To, it was actually on the way down. Okay. And, and this is another type of an icing encounter that most pilots tend to overlook. And that's the icing that happens on your airplane after you park it, you know, getting frost on the wings. And that's something that pilots need to take into account. And so, you know, here I am flying from Minnesota to Florida and uh, decided to break the trip up into two legs and stopped in Tennessee for the evening. And it was, you know, what did it get down to? Maybe uh, the the low 30s um, that night. Well, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, it was a perfect conditions to have frost all over the airplane. And it is unsafe and illegal to take off with any amount of contamination on the wings. You know, even a layer of frost uh, can take as much as 50% of the lift out of the wing just because of the interference with the smooth airflow. Wow. So a lot of people ignore that. So you do have to get out and, uh, and you know, you're trying to de-ice the airplane first thing in the morning. The FBO is closed and you're trying to get a rag or a blanket or something out there to, you know, to rub all that frost off or try to find out if the FBO can get you in the hangar to melt it off. So it's just some of the things that you need to take into account on your overnights or if you're parking for an extended period of time in uh, in colder weather, uh, remember that you're going to have to get the, those wings clear. Well, what degree and, of frost, uh, is there a degree of whether it's an issue or not, Keith? No. It's just if you see any, you better get it off your airplane. Get it off the airplane. Really? So it's just a, like a small little milky film is enough to screw you over. Yes. Well, that's not the roughness good. of sandpaper is all it takes to disturb the you know and kill about fifty percent of the lift on a typical airplane. Hmm. I would think you know that minor of a thing would yeah you'd just like blow right off, but it would it wouldn't. No, it really doesn't. And if you if you have dust on your wings before you go flying, yeah. If you notice when you come back, the dust same, on your wings. Yes, there's a song like that. I think. No, like, I, no, I think I got it mixed up. 
Okay. But, okay. <laughs> so you'll come back and the same dust is still going to be on the wing. It's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. It's because that's the boundary layer that's on there. But what it'll do is it'll disturb the airflow so that the airflow doesn't flow nice and smoothly over it. It'll be all rough over the top of it. Yeah. So even dust on your wing is a bad thing. It's not as bad as ice because it's not as rough as ice. Mm-hmm. Ice is, if you look at ice through like a magnifying glass, you'll see it's very, very rough. Has very jagged edges on it. Wow! Whereas dust, so that microscopic kind of level is going to affect your performance of your aircraft. So it's better to fly with a clean aircraft for sure. Yes. Don't. I've always felt like that with my car. You know, after the you drive your car after the car wash, like oh god, it feels great. It's driving better. I just watched the dumb thing. Why would it? Now I think I got a reason why. It's probably more aerodynamic, right? They they make drugs for that, Greg. (laughs) But no. are they and, legal? And, and don't don't put uh, don't put hot water on it or anything like that. That that would be a bad thing. That would make it worse. Yes. Yeah. I've so, seen people do that with their door locks. Their car door lock is is frozen. They can't yeah. get in. They go inside and they pour some hot water some hot on water there. And, they and it works for a second. Yeah. And it opens it up and then it freezes solid and then they're really stuck. That right? water is going to run back and freeze under your aileron hinges or something like that and cause a bigger problem. So, so when this happened what, to you, Dennis, you actually just took a rag and just literally wiped it off the wings? Yep. I had to sit there and rub the rub the airplane down to get all of that off of the, the wings and the horizontal tail surfaces. So mm-hmm. if you know you're going to run into it, you know, kind of try to plan ahead of time. See if you can get it into the hangar at the FBO. See if they offer de-ice services. Or maybe it's as simple as uh, running down to the local home improvement store and picking up a bottle of uh, uh, RV antifreeze, you know, the the... Uh, the stuff you use to put inside your motor home to keep the pipes from freezing, it's a couple bucks a gallon, you mix that or just pour it straight on the wing. Yeah. It'll help break that up. Have you ever heard that one, Keith? No. It looks very skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. You gotta be careful for the EPA. That's just right. Pour that on there and let it run on the ground, they'd be all over you. Yeah, the critters don't like that. So there's that whole issue. The best thing to do is use a broom. A broom. All right. Get it off. Dennis's airplane, it's easy to see. But if you're flying a high-wing airplane, it could be much more difficult to see. Yeah, you just don't want it there. That's the bottom line. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there is no better high than learning to fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the Information Super Skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. Hi, news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com.